friends, and welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table from a woman's perspective. We are in part two of Mackenzie Jordan's story. If you were able to watch last week's episode or listen to it, you're so in for a treat. If you haven't done that, you need to press pause right now and go back and watch that first because Mackenzie is a warrior trafficking survivor and she's also a champion fighting trafficking on the direct lines of trafficking in Las Vegas and beyond. So Mackenzie, we're back and we, we left off on a really crazy cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, the audience, just to let you audience members know that Mackenzie was in a room and she was telling her trafficker, I don't want to do this anymore. And he beat her down to a pulp, like where she was unrecognizable, correct? Right? Yes. And so what happened after that? Um, after you told you said to him, I'm going to call the police. Yeah, I told him I was going to call the police. This kind of scared him a little bit. So he leaves during the next two weeks. I basically, well, for the next week, I I couldn't work. After about a week went by, I figured out a way. Mind you, I still had to go out because I had to make my rent. So I'm out working, obviously trying to duck and dodge from him. But for these next two to three weeks, he is somehow breaking into my house. I have no idea how. And he knew where you lived. Was it your old apartment or did you get a new no, place? No, I had had a new house. That's by, right. That's what you have to do when you the, leave your yeah, trafficker. Yeah, right. I had a new house by then. And he um, figured out where, how to get in the house somehow. And I would wake up to pictures of me asleep on my phone. So I'd wake up in the morning and I'd look at my phone and it's a text message from him. And it's a picture of me, me asleep with a slur of threats, you know, if you don't do this, if you don't do that, I'm going to, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm wow. still in. How the heck did he get in your apartment? I have no idea, but he was getting in he, my house. He either had like a universal key or he knew someone. No, that I that changed place. my locks. I changed my locks. I did everything. And he still got he in. He was getting into my house somehow. I checked every window. I put lock. He on, must have had like a master lock uh, picker or something. I have no idea how he was getting in my house, but he was getting in my house. So how I end up back with him is one night I'm in my house. I didn't go to work that night. I had said previously I had a glass sliding door Mm -hmm. in my bedroom. So not only did I have the front door to my house, I had the glass sliding door in my bedroom. I hear banging on the, on the door. I go and I open the curtain and he's standing at my curtain and he's bleeding from the side of his ribs, bleeding like everywhere. And I'm going, what the heck is going on? So I open the door. This is how he squeezes his way in. I open the door and he's like, I was just on the strip, which is Las Vegas Boulevard. Right. I got into a fight with this Mexican guy and he stabbed me and the police came and I punched the police officer and I took off running. So I can't go to the hospital. I can't call the police. I lift up his shirt. He's got a huge stab wound like in, in his ribs like a gash so i'm like oh i'm gonna play doctor because i'm in love with him and i'm gonna 
nurse him back to health. So I nurse him back to health and the cycle of trafficking begins again. And um, I need people to understand that they use different, different tactics. So it can start out with, you know, the I love you, which is normally how they mm-hmm. start out. They start out with the boyfriend pimping. Right. You know, I, I love you, I, this and that. And then if the boyfriend pimping doesn't work, then it turns into violence. If the violence doesn't work, then it turns into manipulation. And then when the manipulation doesn't work, by then you've already forgot about the fake I love you. So they reverse back to the I love yous. And the cycle just right. continues and continues and continues. There's something called the power control mm-hmm. wheel that the Duluth model actually invented and then Polaris Project adapted it and changed it into the sex trafficking model. Mm. And it's that wheel of domestic violence, abuse, power and control. Yeah. It They're goes. always in control though. Always because they always have the power and they control you by that. But not, not only that, by the, by the romantic part, like, yeah, you, you don't want to leave him because you're lonely and you feel like he's, you know, maybe there's a good side to that person. With my ex-trafficker, I always felt like there was good in him somewhere deep down inside. And I always saw that. Not when he was beating me, but I always saw some sort of like, he can change. Mm-hmm. He can be a good guy. I can change him. Did you yeah. ever have that thought? I always had that thought. And then I always had that thought, oh, we're both going to get out of this and we're going to end up getting married and we're going to ride away on the magic carpet. Yeah. We're going to go on an Island and be wonderful. And you know, and that's what you think, but that's not most of the time what's not going to happen. So now after I nurse him back to health, I'm trapped back into the cycle of abuse with him. Um, primarily throughout the, actually in throughout the whole entire time that I was with him, I was considered what you would call a bottom B or bottom. Can you explain that? What bottom that is? B word. So bottom B means that uh, a pimp normally has a stable of women, multiple and, and women. So it's like a poly relationship. Yeah. Then. Like a poly relationship. So they have numerous girls. The kind bottom, of like in the Bible, yeah, but not maybe not pimping, but there's a bunch of wives for one King mm-hmm. or one husband. Mm-hmm. So that's how it was. I started out at his, as his main girl, the bottom B, and then he slowly started getting other girls that came in and worked for him too. But I always thought that I was the coolest because I was the bottom B. And yeah, I, and he loves me the most. Yeah, and he cares about me the most. I and, get the best clothes, mm, the best diamonds. And he lives with me. He I doesn't sit in live front with seat. you guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I come and get the money from you guys why he, when he doesn't. So right. I'm the cool one. And you're just trapped in this fake facade. Yeah, he don't of, love you. He loves me. Yeah, you're just completely, you're empty. So then I end up back on Las Vegas Boulevard. I start going to jail again over and over and over again. I can remember one night I went to jail. I got out and went right back to work and went right back to jail the same day. Both Did they do a ticket, vice. a walkthrough ticket? No, I got caught by vice on both of them. I solicited a vice officer on both of them. And I can remember the second time they scared the crap out of me. He takes me all the way up to the hotel room. He sticks the key in the door and the door's not opening. And he's like, oh, we got to go back down to registration to get the key fixed Turn around. and right when we go out the other vice officer jumps out of the hallway and he's like give me your per it scared the living daylights out of me i was like oh my gosh so i get out of jail after the second time and i'm like okay i, I can't be out here i swear the guys they used to get a rise off of mm-hmm. it. like they oh, enjoyed they're chasing they're awful from to what you. i remember the the text i said there was a couple and i am 
friends with some of them now, but they would chase me and it was like a hunt for them. Yeah. It was crazy. Awful to girls. They make fun of you. Like I can remember being back there with girls that didn't have their nails done or their feet done and they're making fun of them, you know, like it's like you guys have no idea what yeah. we're going through. And you know, I know that now our our police forces uh, they're getting trained now and they've been getting trained the past couple of years, so we hope that that's changed. I hope know? so too. Um I've I heard so. I, I do know a couple of vice officers and they seem like they know to not, you know, look down upon mm-hmm. and and treat them bad and you know and they're aware of the trafficking and back then I mean the pimps like that's what they call them. Is this, is this your guy, your pimp? And I would always deny it. Nope. Not my Me pimp. too. So then what happened? Like you, you, uh, were, you were on Las Vegas Boulevard. You kept getting arrested. How did you finally get away from him? So he starts trafficking me elsewhere. I was, I ended up in Atlantic City, New Jersey. I ended up in Dallas, Texas. And my final cycle of where I end up is Denver, Colorado. This is where I had enough. So the first episode I had with the trick is a, I go on an out call An out call is where you go to where the the person lives Mm -hmm. and you do the call there. And I had a guy try to rape me at his house. Luckily he had a roommate. I started screaming and his roommate came in the room and stopped him. Wow. And then maybe like three days later, I had a another trick come to my room. As soon as I closed the door, I turned around to take a condom out of the drawer. And as soon as I turned back around, this guy had pulled out a gun and he has the gun to my head. And he says, you know, give me all your money. I didn't react how a scared person would react. I remember the first thing I said to him was, you think I'm in this room alone? So now he starts looking around and he's like, oh crap. What is she talking <laughs> about, right? And I'm like, you think right I'm in here alone? You think, you think you're alone? Yeah. You better said, watch it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I did. I said to my, that's yeah, my the devil's pimps, coming to get my your pimps lunch. across the hall and he's about to beat the crap out of you. And right. so now I manipulate him into thinking that I'm in control. Right. So... By then he had already taken my phone and taken a weed off the counter that I had. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, give me my phone back and give me my weed back. I can remember he sets it back down on the counter. Now he gets to the door of my hotel room. He opens the door. He's looking around because he doesn't know who's going to come and get him. And I'm like, what are you going to do anyway? Like I'm in a hotel. They have you on camera coming in the door. Like they're going to catch you. They know what phone you called me from. Like this is all. I'm basically trying to manipulate him out of killing me. I'm trying to save my own life. Mm -hmm. And he leaves. When he leaves, I can remember having a complete mental breakdown. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm sorry. I remember sitting there going, God, if I don't change or if I don't stop, I'm going to, I'm going to end up dead. And my kids are not going to have a, yeah. They're not going to have a, a parent. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was raised in a, in a Christian household. You know, my, my mom and my grandma taught me to love the Lord. So throughout this whole entire time that I was being trafficked, I had a, a back and forth relationship with yeah. God, but that was what ultimately saved me was Jesus. You know, I can remember getting on my knees and going, I can't 
I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And the only way that you can get away from them is you just escape. And I, I went to a boyfriend that I had from when I was 16 years old that mm-hmm. wasn't a trafficker. Yeah, he was a square. <laughs> What's a square? <laughs> yeah, he wasn't a trafficker. I went to him in, uh, in California and I was there for a couple more months. I wasn't working or anything like that. And one night he ends up getting, mind you, I had to leave my trafficker completely. Mm-hmm. Like you leave with nothing. Yeah. I left with no clothes, yeah. no money, but what, the money I had that I had made that day, the clothes that I had on my back, like you start from, from the beginning, like it it starts over. There's nothing you, that's how you have to escape. Like you have to leave and completely leave it. The life strips you Mm -hmm. completely, not just your physical aspects and your material things, but your soul. It strips you and eats you alive. It's the thing that I love that you said about, you know, you got on your knees and, and <laughs> to be able to get to that point is so beautiful because you didn't know you needed them until you absolutely needed them. Yeah. And that was all um, I knew to turn to. I thought, I mean, and, and, and isn't he faithful? Yeah. He's faithful. He, he just, he didn't just go, ah, oh, psych, I'm not coming back because you're messed up, Mackenzie. Yeah, no. And you, you, you did too many wrong things. You rolled too many tricks. You turned too many tricks. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you just said, but no, Jesus is like, yeah, he's just come. He forgives you. And I, I went to this guy in California and about two months down the line, he got really drunk one night and he, beat me up and he wow. bit me in my face. I can remember having the the bite marks in my face. And at this time I had just really had enough because I had just got done being trafficked oh, yeah, for years. I've just had, I've, had, I've had enough. And I remember stealing his car and I had my daughter with me at the time, my youngest one. My mom had my other two kids. And I stole his car and I drove all the way back to Las Vegas from California. And I went back to my mom's. And that was when I, I didn't really completely leave the, the sex industry, but I stopped prostituting. Then I met my ex husband, who is no longer my husband. Mm. Um, he was a security guard at the strip club that mm-hmm. I had talked about previously that I was mm-hmm. stripping at. And I ended up with him and I still tried to dibble and dabble in stripping because it was legal. Like I said, right, right. it's okay. I'm not selling my body, but right. you're still selling your body. And then I got pregnant with my son who is now four and he that's when I ultimately completely stopped mm. everything in the in the sex industry. And I have never went back. I've never had any activity with my trafficker since then. He's never messaged me. He's never wrote me. He's never called me. He's never tried to 
get me to come back or anything like that. I feel like there's angels around you. There's angels around me. Like Psalm 91, like it's, uh, he, the Lord's kept you safe. Mm -hmm. And not only that, you didn't go back, but then you just really kind of like leaned into Jesus and you met Sammy. That's what I was going to get to. <laughs> so I feel that God sends people and angels in human form. Samantha, my, my mom desperately tried to get me to stop prostituting throughout the whole entire time that I was, mm -hmm. that I was being trafficked. She was going to a church. The pastor ultimately, um, uh, introduced her to Samantha. Samantha is my mentor, mm -hmm. my boss. She's my Your friend, my friend, my guardian angel on earth. Um, she never stopped believing in me. She always had my back regardless of where I was at in life, regardless of whether I was deep in the dark or out of it. She accepted me for who I was and just always told me that I was worth it and that Jesus loved me. And I'm so thankful for her. And, and that's the total example of Christ's love coming through a human vessel that his love was shown to her and she obviously felt it a duty of hers to give it back to other girls like her. Yeah. Because she understands because she was also in the sex mm -hmm. industry. She was also in the sex industry. And it, it's so uh, beautiful. Um, and then she became your boss because you work for Ruby I work for Ruby SLV, which ultimately happened on my big breakthrough of healing happened uh ruby selvi like i explained is a sex industry survivor-led nonprofit organization in las vegas nevada we have a partnership with all things possible mm -hmm. ministries which is run by victor and eileen marks yes. uh, victor marks is a trauma survivor who was sexually abused and also physically abused by his father yep. growing up uh, now he's a humanitarian. He fights traffic on the front lines as well. And Samantha took me to what they call Samantha weekends. It's a training weekend in Colorado where um, they offer self-defense training, basically jujitsu. We do shooting. We do uh, brain exercises. We do all kinds of stuff. At the end, they do a like a a scenario where they set you, they set some girls in a house that they have out in the forest and they basically pretend like the girls are being trafficked. Right. They have a group of us girls come in for, I think there was like 12 of us and we um, basically went and rescued these girls from, from the house that they were being right. trafficked in. And, I went through extreme breakthroughs and healing during this training. I, I processed so many things. When I got back, I ultimately decided to go back to Utah when I got that heroin charge and that prostitution charge to face my, because I felt that I needed to do things mm -hmm. to, to 
process more. And also I just wanted to be right with God. I just yeah. wanted to take care of it. So I went and we got in court and I stood up there to the judge and you know, the judge says, okay, we're going to have you come back for court and I'm getting ready to walk away. And the district attorney goes, you know what? He goes, we see the change in this girl and she hasn't been in trouble in this long. We're going to go ahead and we're going to dismiss all the charges. Wow. And that was another time that you're just like, man, God, you are really <laughs> God showing totally up did that. Yeah. and you are showing out, you know? So after I went through all that healing, uh, Samantha decided to bring me on as her executive assistant. So here I am now. Uh, and I am fighting trafficking along with her. I love my job so much. I enjoy what I do. Um, I love being a voice for those that are, you know, I, I hurt to see other girls that are in a situation right. that I was once in, but I know that there's so much hope to be able to get out. Right. And that would be my, my thing to tell people that, you know, if you ever think that you just, you can't do it, you can do it. Right. Because I was, I was trapped. Right. And you can, Mackenzie, I'll give you that opportunity because what if someone's out there right now? By the way, let's do it before you do it because we're going to end with that. Mm -hmm. Talk about the website. Okay. Where, how can they get to the website? You can get to the website. Our website is www.rubies, <laughs> R-U-B-I-E-S-L-V as in Las Vegas.com. Mm -hmm. You can social media. My social yeah. media is Mackenzie M C K E N Z I E Jordan J O R D A N mm -hmm. underscore underscore. Or you can also email me at Mackenzie at rubies R U B I E S L V dot com. Okay. Now I want you to tell that person, and there might be several. And you know what? This now I know some of you might not think. Well, I I, I mean I'm not being trafficked, and I'm not selling myself, and but are you in an abusive relationship? And well, we could say this too. Are you being trafficked? Because maybe you don't know the signs of being trafficked. Anytime you are not holding your own money and you're being forced to do something that you don't know that you don't want to do and your body's being sold, you are being trafficked. I don't care if it's a woman, it's a guy, it's a friend, it's a boyfriend, you're being trafficked. So in domestic violence, to me, it's a lot like trafficking because the person loses all control and they're being controlled. And sometimes their money is, is even being taken. Can you talk to this camera and, and give hope to that person out there? And it might be many people, Mackenzie. Yeah. What, what, what could you tell them right now if they're stuck? Like what to give them the hope that you had? I just want this people camera. to know that there are millions of women and children being trafficked. If you are being trafficked, you're not the only one. It can be by force, coercion, or deception. And that there is hope for you to be able to get out. And no matter how deep you are, how worthless you may feel, how trapped you may feel, Jesus loves you regardless of where you are, exactly where you're standing. He loves you and you are worth everything that you think that you're not. Mm. Lord, we just pray right now for all the people, me and Ken Mackenzie agree for all the people that are watching this, that their hearts are breaking, 
uh, Lord, that you would call out the people, that you would call them out. And we call the church out right now because the church needs to stand up for these ladies, for these boys, for these men, for these women that are being trafficked. And, and Lord, we speak to the soul right now, the souls that are very lost, that think that they have no way out. Lord, we ask that you make a way where there seems to be no way. We ask for success stories. We ask for redemption, just like my story, but just like Mackenzie's story, that Lord, that you would open a door. We rebuke the enemy, the lust, greed, and perversion that's going on, that the enemy has gotten a hold of these people. We rebuke them, and Lord, we ask that you save even the traffickers. We ask that you save the men and the women that are buying souls and people right now. I ask that you show them the light. You show them your love. Make yourself real to them. Make yourself known to them. We just ask this all in Jesus' name. And you know what, Mackenzie? I just want to thank you for your bravery today. Uh, because it is not easy to bear your soul to the world. No. But you did it. And I feel good that I did it. I <laughs> hope that my story helps save, even if it's just one person. I oh, hope it'll that be it's more, than, more one. than one. But even if it's just one, yeah. we, we got we we got through to somebody. You know, I just want to say that there's a lot of women out there that they marry for money. Mm. And they date men that are wealthy. Yeah. Ladies, I'm sorry to tell this to you, but not really. Y'all are turning in to be a professional call girl, mm-hmm. prostitute, and then eventual sex trafficking victim. Because listen, when you're chasing money and you're not chasing a real relationship, mm-hmm. you're going to get used. Yeah. And let me tell you something. You're making yourself the bait of Satan. He will come after you. So, Mackenzie, thank you so much again. Um, thank you. We're honored that me. you came on today. And, I, and I'm and i just so happy. RubyZLV.com. Yes. Make sure you guys know that website. And it'll be on the bottom of the screen. And we will see you next time, Mackenzie, because I'd like to obviously have Sammy come back and you back to share more of the stories of what you guys are doing with RubyZLV. And you guys, don't forget, donate. This is survivor-led. You need to donate to Ruby Zelby. okay? They are survivor-led, and we need to support survivor-led initiatives, correct? Yes. Because most of the time, the big organizations that are not survivor-led get all of the money. Survivors need money because guess what? We're experts. McKinsey, you're an expert. You know what it takes to help someone get out of that and yes. help them heal. So that being said, thank you again, and we'll see everyone next time on the pink chair. Bye. Hi, dear friends, Annie here. Did you know that we have a nonprofit that serves sex trafficking victims? And how did this come about? Well, that was so simple for me because I am a former trafficking victim of more than a decade in Las Vegas. I had two different traffickers that almost destroyed me and ravaged my soul. But by the grace of God, I sit in this chair today and I can testify that Jesus is real and that my complex trauma and all the pain that I endured got totally solved by the love of God. And I wanted to share this today because we are in very desperate need of donations at our nonprofit. Now, our nonprofit not only does outreach 
for victims that are hurting, that need to get away from their traffickers, that need resources. But we have a home called the Destiny House where ladies can dream, discover, and develop into God's perfect destiny He has planned for them. Please partner with us. Your donation is tax deductible and you're going to be saving a life.